I get to do what I'm doing here with Sin Network is that I want for the North American Mission Board, I want for us at Sin Network to be as diverse mm. as the countries we represent. Yeah. Right? right? We are yeah. ministering in the most diverse continent in the world, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. You know, whether it's Canada here. And I really think it's really important for us to be able to mm. be able to plant churches. Mm. You know, when we talk about everywhere for everyone, mm. and if we're going to plant churches everywhere for everyone, we have to be able to plant churches yeah. in these types of communities. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radner, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome, everybody, to the We Are Sin Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, lead pastor of August Gate in St. Louis, joined, as always, by Dahadi Lewis, the lead pastor of Blueprint in Atlanta, Georgia, and Hayden Ratner, senior pastor of Walk in Las Vegas, Nevada. And today we're joined by special guest Sam Dula. Sam, mm-hmm. tell everybody who you are, what you do, man. Well, Sam Dula, as he just said, I lead Boulevard, which is our arm here at the North, North American Mission Board where we're looking at how do we collect the best practices of multi-ethnic churches and empower the other church planners around the country uh, with things that, you know, guys who've been practitioners in the field doing multi-ethnic ministry yeah. and just being able to equip those other church planners with those with those tools to help them become more effective in their context. Man, love that. Dottie, what a great segue into what we're going to talk about today. At Send Network, we are a diverse family of individuals and churches locking arms for life and ministry. Talk to us Boulevard. What's it all about? What's on your heart? Why is this important? Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a huge subject matter for me. I mean, when we just talk about the idea, I've been on the record says, like, my heart's cries. I want to be the last generation that has to leave the urban context for sound discipleship. And really, mm-hmm. what I'm talking about when I say that is, like, in a time where we can minister to minority, majority, multi-ethnic context. And mm-hmm. so, I define urban by density and diversity. I've always said, like, here. You know, the reason why I love to do, I get I get to do what I'm doing here with Sin Network is that I want for the North American Mission Board, I want for us at Sin Network to be as diverse mm. as the countries we represent, yeah. right? right? We are yeah. ministering in the most diverse continent in the world, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. You know, whether it's Canada here. And I really think it's really important for us to be able to mm. be able to plant churches, mm. you know, when we talk about everywhere for everyone. Mm. And if we're going to plant churches everywhere for everyone, we have to be able to plant churches yeah. in these types of communities. I yeah. mean, the reality is yeah. that the 21st century is the most diverse, the most urbanized, mm. you know, in yeah. the history, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that we've ever lived in. And, you yeah. know, and historically the church has been running away, you know, so let's minister around people who look like me, talk like me and Mm -hmm. act like me. Let's kind of capitalize on the homogeneous unit principle. Let's capitalize on kind of that church growth. And, you know, and I just really think it's really important for us. And so years ago, this is actually how, you know, we started was, you know, (laughs) in Sid Network was doing like the Boulevard. This, so this was a big part of the, the outset of it, you know, but you know, while, Years ago, kind of the buzzword was multi-ethnic and let's go and let's like mm-hmm. run for that Revelation 5, Revelation 7. Like yeah. that was the yeah. the goal. Now, you know, with some of the stuff that we're wrestling with, the divisiveness, with the, the dividing, yeah. the polarization yeah. that's taking place, mm-hmm. what we end up having is kind of this like divide. And so 
on one side, especially where, like, you know, you hear things like the Leave Loud, mm-hmm. right? And this is kind of like the multi-ethnic church. They're saying, like, we can't have a mm. multi-ethnic church. Right. Mm. Like, the, the multi-ethnic is, is not possible. Yeah. And if you do have the multi-ethnic church, mm. then minorities are going to have to be silent. Right, wow. right. You know, right. kind of in their suffering. And so the question, really, that I wanted to pose for us today, yeah. you know, is this simply, is the multi-ethnic church just a pipe dream? Mm. Wow. You mm. know, or is that something that is, you know, aspirational and something that we really want yeah. to see take place in the most diverse country right. in North America. So, Sam, I would love to kind of kick it right. off with you and just ask yeah. you the question, you know, specifically, like, you're ministering to um, people who are ministering in multi-ethnic, multi-ethnic context, yeah. you know, through the boulevard. Mm-hmm. Like, what has been the sentiment of those who have, that are a part of the network mm-hmm. and those that have stayed and, like, kind of what are they yeah. feeling? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess it goes without saying that they're definitely feeling the tension that's happening within culture or within the climate of our country in large part because, again, we're talking about the church historically not doing its role when it comes to discipleship along the lines of race and and, and being able to ascribe dignity to all humans regardless of what they look like. And so now you have a group of guys who, you know, who who have committed to doing work in the multi-ethnic context, minority-majority context, understanding all of the the nuances that go along with that. And all of a sudden, 2000 or 2020 happens, and there's a pandemic, and there's an election year, and there's all of these other tensions that are happening. And if, if, if there's anything that we've seen amongst a lot of our church planners is they're ready to equip their leaders and, and guides that they already have influence with more tools and resources, just not a lot of tools and resources out there. Mm-hmm. So that's the first tension. Then the second tension is the loneliness. Yeah. The, 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 the sense of isolation that they oftentimes feel simply because they feel like they're the only ones doing what they're doing. So what we've done, and we're, it's been super exciting to just see the life come back to them, is how do we just find a few hours out of a month, just once a month, connect, get them on a call with a bunch of other guys that are in the very similar context with them, experiencing the same sense of loneliness, experiencing the same desire to equip, um, and just being able to allow them to, you know, share whatever it is that they're experiencing without necessarily holding them any in the sense of judgment because of their, you know, weariness and loneliness and all of the other um, things that go along with just the tensions of the times. So, so yeah, it's been really encouraging to be able to see the life return back to them, see them encouraged, but also see them desiring to give back to those church planners who want to be where they are in the next two to three years. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, Hyden, you live in the West, right? And, right, there's a lot of diversity. We talk about oftentimes in the West being a pre-Christian, yeah. you know, time. And so... Like, how have you navigated that tension, ministering in, in Vegas, mm. you know, doing with the kind of the, you know, the multi-ethnic tension that, yeah. that there, that's, that's there? Yeah, that's really good. You know, I think about our context and, and the word that I find more of the tension in is less in the multi-ethnic space, uh, but I guess more in the multicultural space. Mm-hmm. I found that, especially within our tribe, SBC, SEND Network, that there can be multi-ethnicity with the same culture. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times it's conformity to one culture. Absolutely. It's saying, okay, hey, in order for me to fit in or thrive, um, let me just be a part of the majority culture and not cause any trouble. And we're saying, hey, you know what? That That's just not the biblical way. Mm. That's not the New Testament way. I, my mindset goes to 
a, a quick moment in Acts chapter 13 where it says, and, and the disciples gathered, and it names the small group. It says, it was, it, this was Saul before he was Paul. Mm-hmm. And it says, Simeon, who was called Niger. And then in the footnote it says, which means black man. Mm. And, then it, and then it was a friend who, a lifelong friend of Herod. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then somebody from Cyrene. Yeah. And this was the group. And they went and took the gospel. This was a multicultural, different backgrounds. Wow. One of the cats grew up with Herod. Wow. You know, wow. and and they wanted to make it known, you know, like I think the Bible is loud that it sees color yeah. and yeah. affirms color and yeah. God's creativity in, in the way he makes us. Yeah. And so for our church, we have a multi-ethnic church because that's the community that we're planted in. But how do we say, okay, what? tell me your culture though, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And how do we create space for your culture to have representation in the Sunday? Mm. And that means that we got to change some of the music style, mm. change some of the, be open to different ways we worship. And um, I think then you find that certain people have tension because I've found that for a majority of minorities, there's that tension every weekend. <laughs> it's like I'm constantly conforming to your musical style yeah, yeah. to be able to be here. Right. But we don't re- necessarily do my style too often. Um, and so I think just being okay, being comfortable with the discomfort yeah. creates more space where, man, there's going to be different ethnicities, different cultures in the house in heaven. Absolutely. You know, we we want to see those here yeah. in Vegas. So that, that that's kind of where my mind goes. Yeah. And I think committing yeah. to that. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. just say, all right, we're going to do that like on like a, like a GI global impact weekend. <laughs> right, and then right. we'll go back yeah. the following weekend. Yeah. Like, no, let's just, let's just commit to that. Absolutely. And not yeah. like in a forceful way, not like in a way where it's just like, it feels like we're just, we're trying to force it. Sure. But just being open to that, that's something that the Boulevards helped, helped me with. Yeah. Um, and that we're trying to walk in. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that. Cause like on, you know, and I love what you said, especially mm. when you talk about like the book of Acts on one side, the book of Acts, mm. you know, it starts off with a very homogeneous totally. group. Mm-hmm. And somehow when we get to Acts 28, yeah. Yeah. it's a very multi-ethnic global Absolutely. thing. Yeah, and, that, and I think that's very intentional. And I love mm. what you're saying. Like you see that mm-hmm. kind of fleshing that's out the direction, you know, of, the the direction of the, the mm-hmm. church is going that way. Love that. But I also love what you just said about the idea, not forcing it because while we are all for the multi-ethnic church, I'm also okay with the homogeneous church. Mm-hmm. I, I think we need to reflect what our neighborhoods Absolutely. and what our high schools Absolutely. look like. Come right? on. Absolutely. And the, the problem is that our high schools are a lot more, are oftentimes more diverse yep. mm-hmm. than our churches. Right. And I think that's a, a slap against the church, especially when the Bible tells us yeah. that the world will know you're my disciples because right. of your oh. love for one another. Yeah. Right? Jew, Gentile, with, you know, mm-hmm. God's torn down the dividing wall yeah. and those things. And so I think that that's really important. And it's, but as a minority, sometimes we can get fatigued. As a minority, mm-hmm. we hear oftentimes that it's mm-hmm. not possible. Right. You know, um, right. you know, we're gonna have to be silent. We're, yeah. you know, or just stop, stop doing it. Yeah. No, I know, like for you, as you know, ministering in St. Louis, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, having that desire yeah. to, you know, reach your neighbors. Yeah. yeah. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. what have been some of the challenges that you've encountered? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for the for years, multi, uh, we, we were multi-site and our first and initial locations down in the urban core of South St. Louis and some dudes that were always out on the stoop across from our office, which is just the duplex we turned into an office and talk with them, invite them, build relationship. And one day I just finally asked these three dudes, like, why do you never come to church? And they said, cause you're white. Mm. 
they they did not want to, having to fit into a majority culture all week long, mm. have to spend their Sunday trying to fit into a culture. And I said, well, we want to we want to be multi ethnic. We we want you to, to feel comfortable here. How can we do that? I'm like, man, it's just just do you. Mm. And um, and that was tough for me to hear mm. because leading up to 2014, that's the, what you hear: Revelation five, Revelation seven. That's the dream. We're, we're pushing towards that. Um, but then you try to do it, mm. and uh, it's really, really hard. And then Ferguson happened in our city, and all of a sudden that divide became very, very distinct. And what I found, you guys talk about Acts. Acts 13, you see that the church is birthed in Antioch. Acts 28, you get to the end of it, it's multi-ethnic. But in the middle, some point, Paul writes the book of Ephesians. Yeah. And, yeah. and what he tells us is there's tension in this, not just mm-hmm. a little bit of tension. Yeah. You think in Ephesians, he talks about other sin. Yeah. And that sin is still relevant and prevalent today. We're still mm-hmm. preaching about the same things. Mm-hmm. We're going to be preaching about the divide that happens between ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to continue to tell our people one new man. Yes. He's yes. broke down yes. the wall of hostility. And we have Embraced. to do that maybe mm-hmm. weekly, maybe yes. monthly. Yeah. And, um, you know, so in, in our context, we're in the suburbs of St. Louis now, and we just we fight that tension of saying, okay, we don't want to ask anybody to give up culture to, to be a part of something, if you're willing to, let's do this together. What we often find is churches partnering together mm-hmm. to say that mm-hmm. that you're gonna you guys want to worship a little bit differently than us in this neighborhood over in that neighborhood. But how do we partner together mm-hmm. right. to mm-hmm. be the church on mission yes. to this community? Yes. Yes. So it's that tension we got to continue to run into mm-hmm. and uh, unite around. Absolutely, yeah. that's interesting Absolutely. that what you say. Mm-hmm. This the idea. Great. Like on our side, there's the kind of you got to be silent and suffer, but on your side, it's like, oh, you're never going to do it right. Like, yeah. no matter where you're, yeah. whatever side you, you land on. And you yeah. want to, and I think it's it's great to say those things out loud and to say, mm-hmm. like, man, I, I feel like I, we'll never do this right. And somebody say, yeah, you probably won't. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, how, right. how do we then love each other? <laughs> right. How do we seek right. to do do something together? Um, and I think that's, this, we may live in that for a little while longer, but the church leads the conversation mm-hmm. and what this looks like in love and, and togetherness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Sam, you know, part of the City Network, Planned Church is everywhere for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about minority, majority, multi-ethnic spaces is a part of North Mm -hmm. America, right? Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. actually the growing part. They say by the year 2042 that America will be a minority, majority, majority, multi-ethnic country. So that's where the country is. That's in urban context right now in cities. And that's where the country is going you know, I want you to kick us off, but I would love for all of us to kind of chime mm-hmm. in. It's like, what are some practical things yeah. that yeah. as planters are going into these multi-ethnic, these dense and diverse yeah. contexts that they mm-hmm. can do or they need to consider yeah. as they're planting? Mm. Well, I think Noah just revealed a gold mine. I mean, I think that there is something about partnering with existing churches mm. that are already in the context, regardless of whether or not your culture, the culture of your, you know, church looks like theirs or is identical to theirs, but doing a finding a way to lock arms because we both care for this context. You may have far more relational credibility within the context than my church plant will ever have. How do we lock arms? And not just write checks like lock arms, but really be seen locking arms in the context, loving on the context in wow. a way that hasn't really been seen. I mean, you, you just, you just, Put a description. They would know us by our love for one another. How incredible would it be for a church planner to lock arms with a church that doesn't look like his 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 him or his, the context that he's used to doing ministry in? But they're going into this very this, this community that needs the light of the gospel. And I just think that that is something that is um, 
that 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 the communities are starving for mm-hmm. to really see the church do this 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 thing that we haven't done historically well, whether it's within SBC community or just in community of faith in general, we haven't done this well. What would it, what would it look like if we just began with an effort within a community where we're already locking arms with an existing church that doesn't yeah. look like us? This is going to be incredible. Yeah, I was thinking about that as you guys were sharing. I, I had a friend of mine who I went to college with in Pennsylvania, who I guess at this point, middle-aged white man, uh, who grew up in majority culture church, uh, primarily that context in PA comes to visit me in in Vegas, and he's on his he, he's on his way to become a missionary in Mexico. Mm. But he wanted to stop in Vegas, see what we were doing at Walk Church, check out our church plant. And I'm playing I'm playing basketball on Sunday nights in a city league, not a church league. There's a city <laughs> league downtown, and I said, "Well, I got a game tonight. Come come with me." Yeah. Uh, predominantly black. Jim, if that makes sense. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I'm I'm there, and he's he comes with me, and before the game, there's all types of fellowship happening. Yeah, there's yeah. conversations about shoes, music, <laughs> clothes, who's hooping, <laughs> trades, NBA, yeah, different things. Yeah. And he's standing there. I'm like, oh, this is my this is my bro, you know. Yeah. And he's just, hey guys. And after the game, same thing. Lasts yeah. like uh, another half hour. <laughs> and so we get in the car on the way back, and. I'm not really thinking about anything necessarily. I'm like, hey, so what? Are you? And he's like processing. And he goes, in order for me to just engage in a single conversation, I have to be a missionary to mm-hmm. this culture. Mm-hmm. I'd have mm-hmm. to study yeah. the, the, this gym culture. Yes. But I would love to like consider doing that to be able to just contribute. Yes, yes. And I feel yeah. like there was something that unlocked in my spirit, in my mind, like, I think that's a that's a missing link yeah. for a lot of majority mm-hmm. culture ministry leaders. Yes. yes. Is yes. that we understand, okay, if we're gonna reach India, man, I better learn the Indian food. Right. I better learn the 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 outfit. You right. know, I bet right. it's probably gonna take me two years <laughs> right. on the field Minimum. before I really start Minimum. making a yeah, disciple. Right, right. You know, you hear stuff and you're like, dude, good point. Yeah. But like when we think about this, this is our own neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. Bro. Like it's absolutely. in our own city. Yes. That we want to be effective in, and maybe mm-hmm. considering, okay, help help contextualize me to yes, yes. your culture, so I can be a more effective absolutely. missionary yeah. in my own city. Dog. Absolutely, I, I absolutely, that's, no doubt. that's huge. No doubt. I oftentimes tell people like we have to move from an ethnic missiology to a neighbor missiology. Really begin to ask the question, how do I reach my neighbor? Absolutely. With developing mm-hmm. a missionary context, I actually got um, a degree at DTS, mm-hmm. you know, and as in missiology. I love it. And, you mm-hmm. know, what's interesting is that I had to fight them because I told them, hey, I have no real desire to ever go full-time overseas. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just like, well, then why would you want to do mission? <laughs> and I was just like, yes. that's, the, yes. that's the mindset oftentimes that's that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. when we're in North America, like, we're yes. not missionaries if we stay here. That's right. Wow. But when that's we right. go overseas, that's when you're a that's real when we're missionary. missionary. We do the stuff that right. we know we need to do. Right. But when our neighbors no longer look like us, talk like us, act like us, right. then mm-hmm. we have to be able that's to right. be missionaries. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes Absolutely. I tell Amazing. the majority mm-hmm. culture, you know, a practical thing that you can remember and process is that whenever you ever been on a mission trip and when mm-hmm. you went on a mission trip, like what were what were you feeling? Yeah. Right. What right. were some of the insecurities? Right. Did you know the language? Right. The kids laughing right. at you when you try yes. to speak. Yes. You know, are they going to accept me? <laughs> right. All those things that like right. you were the minority. Yeah. Right. right. And then Great. like, let's just imagine like, you know, you're coming back, mm-hmm. but you got to understand minorities here. Mm hmm. 
They're not. They're here. Yeah. Yeah, they're, right? They're and yep. So this is home. They're not going. Yeah. And so how does the gospel speak mm-hmm. to you? Mm-hmm. All those insecurities that you have, all those uh, things. Like, how does right, the gospel right. speak right. to you in that and understanding, being able to embrace that mindset as right. a missionary? Right. So yeah. I, I think it's important for us. Yeah. Without question. Yeah, I'd say a guy coming into a context, no matter if, if it's your context or your cultural context, your ethnicity is the majority, uh, you're looking to raise up leaders of all the different people groups that mm-hmm. are there. The mm-hmm. first beef we see in the early church was there were leaders of one culture that mm-hmm. didn't have people fighting for their needs. Yes, And yes. that can happen so easily without us knowing it. I, I imagine those apostles were like, we're not meaning to overlook them, mm-hmm. but they're getting overlooked. What do mm-hmm. we need to do? Raise up leaders. Mm-hmm. So you come into a context, you say, this is my neighborhood. This is where God's called us. You are not thinking, how many of my friends from outside can I bring in mm-hmm. to become leaders? You may need a couple to get things started, but you're looking to raise up leaders. Begin the discipleship process so that if you're like Paul and you're handing things off and you're leaving, mm. or you're like Timothy coming mm. in and raising up leaders, it's about people in that context loving and serving Jesus together yeah. uh, into perpetuity. And so yeah, that's that's the call, I think. Yes, that's all. Yes. Perpetuity. Perpetuity. I like yes. it. Nice. <laughs> well played. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. As always, you want to continue this conversation, let's do so online. You can check us out at sendnetwork.com, or you can text the word Send Network to 888-123. That's the phrase, Send Network to 888-123. We want to keep the conversation going. We want to plan a network of churches everywhere for everyone. Until next time, We Are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Send Network a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.